Hey everyone! Hi! Happy 35th anniversary! Happy 35th birthday to Ghostbusters! This is, uh, we're celebrating the week Ghostbusters came out, June 8th, 1984. Ghostbusters. I was. I was still. 11 months old. I was almost. I was still one, I was one year and 11 months old. Which is strange because I can't deny that the impact it's had on my life and it, I thought about it more and more and it's probably my first true love. And still to this day, probably the most important franchise and everything that's... Yeah, I mean, God, you've seen, you could, every day you see me, you see my obsession with Ghostbusters. Yeah, I can't not walk in your office and file a formal complaint without seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, I uh, remember, like, being obsessed with it. I remember the first toy line. I remember I got, like, 86, being four years old. Real Ghostbusters got me into Ghostbusters. Yeah. And uh, that led to my aunt. I, I, and I, I could still remember the conversation. I'm sitting on my mom's lap on my grandmother's couch and my aunt saying, have you seen the movie? <laughs> and I, I remember looking up at my mom and like, there's a movie. And we ran it in. just going, shit. Yeah, and my mom's like, god damn it. Um, I, I, and I've admitted this before in the show, and I'm, I'm sure I'll get heat for this, but I was never a Motu guy. Oh, like, I, I was a little late to the party. I just... There was so much else going on. It was one of those things. I just, I mean, you're kind of, exp- you watch it, but you play with the toys your parents buy you, you know? And I didn't get any Motu stuff. I My friends had Castle Grayskull, and it was the coolest thing in the world I never got to play with. Um, but yeah. for me, like, in, in the beginning of Ghostbusters 2, where they start chanting He-Man, and fucking... Jason Reitman's being a dick. Yeah, by 1989, and, and J- the kid who's like, my dad says you're a crock of shit, is directing the newest movie. Yeah, what's that guy doing lately? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Bringing this back to life. Um, but when they start chanting He-Man, I'm like, wait, wh- why? Why are you chanting? You have the Ghostbusters. Yeah. I was a huge He-Man fan as a kid. You've seen the picture of me with the Orko cake my mom made me. Mm-hmm. You know me. I loved he-Man, but, you know, Ghostbusters was my thing after He-Man. I, I didn't have many things, you know? I, we were uh, lower uh, middle class. Upper lower upper, middle? We were upper lower middle class. Uh, we yeah, were, that was, wasn't it? Was Homer us upper lower middle class kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much. I don't want to try to make a sob story because my parents, you know, we came out on top, and I would I considered my childhood great. But my parents sold their wedding jewelry to buy my my older brother Christmas presents on his first Christmas, and I was like, "What the oh. fuck's wrong with you?" He doesn't remember those. <laughs> That's a good point. 
And they're like, well, you know, shit. You could have just gotten him a soldering iron and some wires from work, and it would have been fine. Well, I think that's what they did. <laughs> they did oh, okay. Okay. Well, you know what? Speaking of uh, our sci-fi sh- our what's it sci-fi hey. show? What was the show that I? No, our gadgets, our tech gadgets, the Radio Shack electronic project kit. That surprisingly, I thought that was gonna like be like a fucking, uh, you know. Eat, drinking milk on a hot day that's how well i was gonna sit and it like it, it was surprisingly hot it was hotter than babylon 5 that's for sure wow i'm not gonna say it hurt my feelings but i'm like uh, some i i thought people like i would at least get a oh yeah i remember coming across that in syndication we perhaps po- we posted uh, the sky talk i talked about the sky talkers on that show and uh-huh. Uh, right now we're sitting at 1,388 people. I don't think anyone has seen the Sky Talkers. These are the walkie-talkies my brother and I used to sneak out of the house when we were teenagers, you yeah. know. And there were ham radio operators in the house. But the 131 Electronic Project Lab has 375 likes. Babylon Five, it's finally past 100. It's crested <laughs> at 106. Yikes! Is that our lowest of lows? No, we've had lower. Before I, you know what, I'm like, I, but not like back in the day when no one like you know, and 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 those pe- the people I've sent a handful of the album. No, even Mark Trail before we begged people to like Mark Trail, right? And and which I'm, the whole point of Mark Trail was that it was going to be a Coen Brothers movie, right? So I've sent out uh, some of those bumper stickers, but I still have a list. Um, so five more people from the Mark Trail are going to be getting. An exclusive Rad Years pin set. Oh, snap. That will be coming at the beginning of July. And um, I don't really want to give any of the rest of these any credence. So if you like the rest of them, I'm just going to give you a thumbs up. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to like your like. I'm going to like your comment. But uh, I got a little announcement to make, Squeezer. You don't even oh, know about hey, this. Wait, wait. Oh, before we move on, oh, I'm mm-hmm. excited for this. C- can you do a little test post on Instagram for me? Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because uh, I was. Can can you just put up a Sequest DSV um, picture and see if people respond to that more than the Babylon Five? I can, yeah. Do you remember Sequest? I do. I had the kid who from uh, the Chuck Norris movie, right? Sure. The kid who uh, killed himself, right? Well, it had right? Roy Scheider. Didn't that kid kill himself? The kid from wow. the Sidekicks, the Chuck Norris movie. Right? Hold on. Let me uh, let me make sure I'm thinking of the same show. Sequest. Roy Scheider and Michael Ironside were in it. Maybe I'm not thinking of the same thing. What was that show with that kid who fucking killed himself that was in the Chuck Norris mo- movie? Oh, yeah, that was him. Yep, I'm right. Boom. Nailed it. Hold on. Chuck Norris. Oh, Jonathan Brandis? Yes. Oh, yeah, why don't you just say that? I can't remember his name. You, I said sidekicks. Jesus, Squeezer, you should know. It's one of the greatest <laughs> movies ever. Bo Bridges. Chuck Norris. Yeah, Jonathan Brandis. He offed himself. Yeah, that was sad. Yeah, I know. Hang himself. It sucks. 
he was talented and uh we don't treat our childhood heroes the way we should luckily macaulay got out of it but some guys don't so all right sorry before i uh, uh downered it uh you have a, a special announcement for me that <laughs> oh yeah you took it down a really dark lonely path but we're gonna get out of it welcome by to the welcome to the rad years podcast by saying starting the day you hear this podcast you will be able to purchase an official rad years podcast t-shirts i accept delivery on the t-shirts on thursday the day a few days two days after this they are limited supply people i um I got I got I got a handful of shirts, man. They're very limited supply. Very I got every size from small to medium to large to two X. A lot of the two X are spoken for. Hey, no, I'm not talking about you, Uncle Bix. Uh, how do I buy one of these? Uh, they will be up for sale on radiers.com, and I'm not. I'm here. I don't see it. You told me when this shows up. Well, we're recording, oh, recording the show. Right it's now. not up yet. Shit. So, uh, yeah, we're not making... Um, listen, these cost me a pretty penny because our logo has about 4,000 colors in it and is mammoth. So, to print that on a shirt costs money. And then I couldn't just buy cheap Gildan shirts. I had to buy the Polyblend shirts, the nice soft ones. So, yeah, these aren't... These are these are good shirts. So I'm not I'm char I'm basically charging so that I can pay to pay them off and and pay to ship them to you. Uh, we're not trying to make a profit on these at all because <laughs> I've bought in such limited quantities. Okay, I just put in my shirt request. I just say same. What, where'd you put your shirt? Which, which social media outlet did you put it in? Oh, I went to the website and filed a formal request. Oh, okay. Well, the web store is not up yet. I have to build that. Oh, okay. But, but I, I sent basically an email to radyears.com from a, a radyears.com email address. So I just wanted to create a paper trail. Oh, uh, I'd like a shirt, please. <laughs> from, I don't know who that guy is, but email address is squeezer writers.com shirt request i'd like a shirt yeah you will be getting a shirt squeezer these shirts are beautiful they're gonna be fucking I... they just came in they, they come in thursday oh they come in thursday yes uh i saw the proof today the printed proof in person i'm keeping it a secret from you like most of the things the flags i, I told you about the pins yeah uh, I, I, no, I, I gotta get, I gotta get some 3M hookies so I can, I've been working my third full-time job and making, and being a, a merch guy for the rat years. All, all of a sudden we went from, uh, eh, you know what? We'll just do the show to your, just pumping out merch like crazy. Well, it's, no, I'm not like crazy. Well, no, not like crazy, but I mean, compared to, well, it's because you came up with the idea for the logo. You had it made, and it's absolutely awesome, and you got to take advantage of that. Yeah, well, it, it, we, we're so burnt. 
it, this started. Here's a little Radier's podcast history. I uh, Squeezer and I start going to comic, and then I we've been into this shit for years. Squeezer and I, and we start going together to comic cons, and I started dragging Squeezer to toy shows because I was going by myself, and I was always on a mission to collect all the Congo action figures mid on card. Remember that? Yes. And I wound up having a pretty large action figure collection by uh, well, two and a half years ago. Let's say three years ago. Yeah. And I was going to make a YouTube show talking about my toys. And we were going to call it Ryan's Toys. Remember that? It was a very creative name. Yeah, right. the original concept. And then I was thinking something different. And out of nowhere, I started an Instagram in October, and I called it The Rad Years. And uh, I told Squeezer I wanted to do a podcast, and our friend was going to do it with us, but I knew he never would wind up being doing it with us. Uh, Dougie, remember, was going to do it with us? It's a time thing. It, it's not yet. Yeah, it's a time thing. He's busy. He doesn't value his time. No, he values his time more than we do, I should say. Yeah. Um, now I put rad ears right next to spending time with enchantress is my most important things Aww. um but and then I, so i i even had remember the first show the bat and you can go back and listen to it the batman 89 show i had a script and everything oh my god we had so many notes yeah i was i, I well i like i i brought you in i was like okay you you sit in and here's my notes here's the script here's- I, I built i built the whole like table like remember the uh that was for our last show. Oh, that was for that show that doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, you built that show. We had a podcast before this that is wiped from the face of the planet. Shh, don't even give them the heads up that they, that, that was They can't. There. They can't find it. It's, it's gone. It's the, dude, you just... All right. <sighs> no, I know it's gone. Um, okay. But... Uh, so we, we did this other show, and he Squeezer built this great podcast table, and we started doing it at my apartment at the time. And yeah, it's two and a half years later, and now we're here. We, ne- we never wanted to do merch. I made the logo on Photoshop, and um, <clears throat> I, we always talked about merch. We were like, I was like, oh, I'd like to make a Shrinky Dink kit or slap bracelets, and those are possibly in the future now. But Yes. And I've got more artwork coming squeezer awesome it's yeah and because the whole thing is just us taking our conversations sitting around in a hallway on a beautiful day yeah we need to talk to someone for five minutes to we eh, bring everyone out in the conversation we spent an hour before this podcast talking yeah having a second podcast about our career and then we started the show and we're talking about things that make us happy instead. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. Um, so I commissioned this artist to make this artwork. And I surprised Squeezer with it. He, did, he had no idea I was doing this. He was a sweet boy and, and just allowing me to go behind his back and make some cool artwork. It's not behind my back. I mean, it's... Well, it's not behind your back, but... Well, I, it, it especially wasn't behind your back because I made you stand there and I, I took your picture in my office. Yes. I'm like, and you're you're like, I'm actually, you're my boss. I'm trying to do my job, and all you're doing is texting me, going, "Hey, what brand sneakers do you wear?" 
I'm like, sorry, I'm busy right now. It's like, no, I need to know what kind of sneakers do you wear. And so I got on time for you to do like <laughs> at work. Uh, technically, I am your boss. Um, so I guess I could make you do your stuff on the job, right? I'm like, I need to know yeah, what sneakers. Yeah, sure. You made me do that. Yeah, right. I, I need to know what. I, so the little Adidas squeezer has on. He he did not. He wasn't just going to say they're just white, black Adidas with white stripes. He went and got me brands and pictures. I gave our artist such detailed information about, and I screwed up. I said he was a Charlotte Hornets jacket, and it was a Mighty Ducks. It looks exactly the same. It looks exactly the same, and there's no logo on it, but the starter jacket. And then I was like, it has to be a cartoon wedge of cheese, because that's the only (laughs) way you know it's cheese. And then we experimented with putting a pepperoni in your hand, but it just looked like you were holding either like the the it was phallic. E- yeah, it was either it was either the uh, what, what, what's the Simpson superhero the radioactive man radioactive man like like radioactive bar that's like dead or it's just like a dick in your hand. Uh, and then after, like, I agreed on the artwork, I, sh- I a remember. plutonium rod. Right. I was like, oh, shit. I could have had, like, a string, a link of sausages, like the cartoon sausage links. It would have been too busy in the middle. It, it might have been, yeah. And it would have been tougher to do the pins and everything. Uh, so And then I, I put Reebok pumps on me, and she, she had the, like, she had the tongues tucked into the pants. I'm like, you got to pull those tongues out. They got to know their pumps. Like anyone wearing pumps lets everyone know they're wearing pumps. And then I, I had her put the. Um, I, I don't say regularly. She had a little facial hair on me. I'm like, get rid of that. Teeth need to be bigger, more ridiculous. <laughs> I didn't say that. She, she got that on her own, kids. She, she, a lot of the stuff she did on her, like having Squeezer, like, like look at the camera, address the camera, was all her idea. Brilliant. Because if you look at the Mario Brothers 3 box, Mario liked the arcade and the locos staring forward. She decided to have Squeezer staring at the camera, and it gives it's it's wonderful and creepy at the same time. Yeah, it really does nail the personality of someone that doesn't want anyone any attention whatsoever, but still has a podcast and says, "Look at me, look at me." She even got your uh, your sideburn, the side swoops, like from your hat. Those, yeah, just messy. I don't cut my hair, but I wear a hat, so I have these awful sideburn kind of. And she even got my I, I have, like bangs on my ears, basically. She even got my like pushback, like in my snapback, perfect. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she did it, and she made me some sort of fox character from the newer sh- games, and I liked it. Like I was like, that's perfect. It works for you. Yeah. yeah. It, it. I think I like that. There's a, like a difference. Yeah, I didn't even realize that was a thing, and I looked it up. I'm like, oh shit, that's what Luigi has, and she, she, so she did her, she brought like that to the table. because um, she was like, do you want them to be raccoons? I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> no shit. Like we and and white gloves. I'm like, of course, except I have my left hand's got the power glove. I always wanted, and Jeffrey would never buy me on. I like how you're living vicariously through your uh, <laughs> your logo. Yeah, and and we're dressed. Uh, I gave her the picture of us posing with the Emmy trophy outside of RetroCon. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, where well, you made me take that picture. Yeah. Uh, well, Amanda and I both made you. Your, your two wives made you take that picture. Yeah. And With your we, trophy. We pretty much look exactly like like I'm wearing a hoodie and jeans and you're, you're, you're in your... I mean, you'd have a starter jacket in. Like, my other idea besides the starter jacket was to have you in your squeezer shirt. That would have been too busy. Short sleeve, button down, pocket on the left, you know, but... Yep. I was like, this has got to be the starter jacket. So, yeah, uh, pins are coming. T-shirts are here, and they're going up on the website. I even I don't, You haven't even noticed. On my desk has been 100 bags to ship T-shirts on for like two weeks, and you have not noticed it. You, I can't see anything on your desk. You have <laughs> ha- half of the WWF roster from 1994. Uh, it has pro form, yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, I'm looking. I'm looking for a, a 128 gigabyte, $400 solid state recording device. I'm like, oh, I think I found it. It was underneath your giant Hulk Hogan statue. Uh, no, that was the one that died randomly while you were shooting a bowling commercial. Yeah. That, well, now that the people know what we do. I think they knew we worked in television. Feet. Yeah, but that we shoot bowling commercials. Well, that was just one time, Mister Squeezer. Come on. Honest to God, if I if you give me the time and energy, I could put a pretty damn fun bowling commercial together. Uh, bowling, bowling is fun. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I I was gonna I had a I had an eventful day today that I want to talk about, but I had a pretty eventful weekend. Do you want to hear about it? You've heard some things about it, you know. Like oh, I I already when you were asleep, I scraped your skin to get the sweat off. I know. So. Uh, Saturday, uh, this Saturday, we drove to the beach in Chantres and I, Point Pleasant, New Jersey. And then about six o'clock, we drove 20 minutes up the road to the PNC Arts Center to see the man, the myth, the legend, Bob fucking Seeger perform live. It is everything you hoped it would. He, like, when these old guys come out there and blow you away, like, I, like, I, like life-changing concerts for me were Paul McCartney, where I did not think it was going to be life-changing. That's what makes it life-changing, where you're like, oh, this will be cool, and then you see it, and you're like, I didn't know I needed to see this to survive. Like, <laughs> um, And then you, you grasp it. Like, I wanted to see Paul McCartney again, and then I saw it again. It wasn't, like, he wasn't playing the same show. It wasn't the festival show. It wasn't, like, like I didn't know how much I liked the Beatles till I saw Paul live. This was that same thing. He is as charismatic and sounds as good as he does on eight year eight tracks. Yeah. Um, he does all the hits, the whole building sang along the, uh, turn the page and chances. And I brought the median age down by at least 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was a great show. He did about, uh, two plus hours. Um, damn. Yeah. Yeah, he he rocked the house. It was a fucking kick-ass show. Great venue too. The P- first time I was there, the PNC Art Center, off of the Garden State Parkway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so then we went to sleep in Point Pleasant. We woke up the next day, laid by the pool for a bit, and then drove up to Manhattan, which is about uh, about an hour, because it it's about thirty minutes distance, and then about a half hour waiting to get through the tunnel. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's oh, a good day. Yeah, it was a Sunday. It was Sunday. 
Uh, hmm. We went to the Schubert Theater on, on Broadway, uh, 44th Street, to see Aaron Sorkin's adaptation of To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, not a musical. Uh, Jeff Daniels playing Atticus Finch. Um, you bastard. We were in the first row. Um, sitting behind us was not only the owner of the Patriots, and I'm blowing, I'm blowing up a spot, but it's a few days now. Um, uh, his spot's been blown up long ago. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kraft was behind us, and sitting a little bit further back was the former First Lady of the United States, Michelle Obama. We were in the front uh, row. Yeah, but former, you right. know. So, I mean, former and, First Lady. And so you Anything might, to be a former you might first think, lady. like, Oh, when you're in a movie theater, you don't want to be in the front row. You're staring up the whole time. Well, we were shitting and we we were sleeping the night before in a shitty a mo, a beach motel bed, uh, which is all you can get at a beach, which is wonderful in some way. But I had the worst crick in my neck. Yeah. But I was not staring up at all. It was surreal how it, you felt like you were sitting there being part of the play being in that like there was nothing in between you and the actors and jeff daniels and and as as fantastic and amazing as jeff daniels was he wasn't even the best part uh samuel l jackson's wife charlene played um the house the finch's housekeeper Mm -hmm. she was fucking phenomenal like like tear-jerking performance um scout finch and like the, the dill and then and, and jam the kid the guy the the actors who played the kids like they they casted adults to play the kids brilliant mm-hmm. choice phenomenal acting job it was really good uh real and damn man when they say they start on time show started at three the show started at three it was for someone who jealous yeah god i was i was like what this is this is how you do it they don't seat you after three if you don't get there in time you don't get your seat nice yeah it's just how i like it, that yeah that's how it goes um yeah i guess so michelle obama was a blur they they swept her in they swept her out and they swept her in but um uh craft was there the whole time like he heard uh enchantress lean over to me and say hey this guy behind us, he looks really familiar. I turn around, I'm like, that's Robert Kraft. She's like, oh. I turn back around, he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> oh, I bet he did. You had the line of the night, though. I texted you in intermission that Robert Kraft was there. And uh, what uh, what was your line? Oh, uh, you. Uh, I'm going to step all over it now. So I'm like the last thing he would want to see right now would be a trial. I think yeah, that was that was pretty good. Yeah, along those lines. You think the last thing you'd want to be around is a trial? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, hey, good for him. Yeah. We all uh, we all have our hobbies. Yeah. Uh, but we talk about old toys, and he um gets likes a washy washy. Yeah, gets table showers. It was a phenomenal performance, and if that's your thing, and if you can afford it, um, I would suggest getting uh, tickets to Aaron. Sorry, I'm, I might try and get you and uh, Mrs. Squeezer tickets as a gift for your oh, child. S- stop, stop. No, I'll wait till it comes to the 19th Street Theater. Ah. <laughs> uh. Jeff, Dan- Jeff Daniels promised to do it for a year, so he's in it till uh, the new year, so... 
Oh, really? I thought uh, this was going to be the last Everyone one. thought so, but it wasn't. Oh, that's false advertising. You got you, you get your money back. I, I bought these tickets like seven months ago, so I did not think it was going to be his last one when I bought them. It was just the best availability. They were like, oh, here are these nice. seats. You could get them right now. I'm like, okay. Uh, so tonight I came home, Squeezer, and Enchant- yeah. Enchantress and I went on a... An ice cream date. We went to an ice cream parlor. Ooh. It uh, It is in the shadow of probably one of the oldest and most famous theme parks on the East Coast, Stony Park. There's Six Flags and there's Stony Park. Yeah. It is uh, Baskin Robbins. Uh, we went to get everything Stranger Things. Uh the one uh, Indian gentleman serving us wasn't really familiar with what we were asking for. But then another Indian gentleman wearing a Scoops Ahoy shirt came over and informed him of what we were looking for. Like, these <laughs> dick holes are looking for the, the fucking... I, and I, I wanted the pictures of everything. They are probably, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? So I had the Demogorgon Sunday. Mm-hmm. And which is this like waffle cone that's shaped like a Demogorgon's head with like like white and red sprinkles, and stra- oh, that's fun. Strawberry uh, ice cream and strawberries on top of it. And Enchantress had a scoop of Eleven's Heaven, which is ice cream inspired by Eleven's favorite food, waffle cone flavored ice cream with sugar cone pieces and a chocolate flavored coating. And a chocolate icing flavored ribbon, and it was really good. It tasted like like waffles and syrup, Ooh. you because know, Eleven likes that. The other offering was upside down pralines, which is we've reinvented an all time classic to create a flavor that will turn your world upside down. Chocolate ice cream with praline pecans and a chocolate caramel ribbon. We didn't What's get a that. praline. That's like a, a candied pecan. Oh, oh, thanks. I just called them candy pecans. And then they were selling pints of Scoops Ahoy, which is the the uh, food court restaurant Steve works at, and then and, mm-hmm. the, and it's butterscotch ice cream with butterscotch pieces and toffee flavored ribbon, and it was in like a whole Scoops Ahoy flavored pint. I got pictures, mm. and then I got my my picture and the Scoops Ahoy employee of the month. I bought the magnets and the stickers. They didn't have the they didn't have the <laughs> exclusive pop figure. Yes, Baskin Robbins has an exclusive pop figure of Steve. So I'm going to have to go to the Baskin Robbins by work and see if they have it. What we didn't get was the upside down. Who would have thought Steve would even be a character by this point? Oh, he's my favorite. Isn't he yours? Yeah, but you'd think, you know, you would have gone the way of Barb. They're doing a great job with this season with the promotion. Like, think about what I've been investing in the last week. New Coke. Yep. And I I got the hoodie and the t-shirt. I put it on the Instagram. Did you see it? I did, yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty they're, sweet. They're fucking rad. I love them. Um, and then uh, the the I got the the magnets and the stickers from Stranger Things at Baskin fucking Robbins. I've never been in there in my life. <laughs> uh, and I'm taking pictures all around. The guy, they're just staring at me. The upside down Sunday uh, is the thing. And then the other options are the uh, was it the Elevenade Freeze, which is like soft serve and lemonade blended together or you can get this this like 
cookie with Snickers ice cream and M&Ms on it with an icing to look like like the lights from the bat the 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 you know the first season. Mm-hmm. The Christmas lights. So I took a nice picture of the Baskin Robbins Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, with Dorney Park in the background and the chicken lounge, obviously, is in the picture. So oh, uh, I, I'm going to write a whole blog about this uh, experience because we, Enchantress and I, she had one scoop of the Eleven Dream. And we're not saying it wasn't good. And I had the Demogorgon Sunday, which is the, the Demogorgon-shaped cup. I've with- seen you eat some of the most delicious barbecue in the world and you just throw like three quarters of a chicken away. Uh, so it was one scoop of strawberry ice cream with strawberry syrup on top of it we we couldn't finish I'd say half of each yeah see I, I'm a weirdo when it comes to ice cream I am it was I, I'm a simpleton I don't like a lot of flavors toppings all that Like, I think you would like the Demogorgon Sunday then if you like strawberry ice cream I do like strawberry ice cream. Like if if you give me some Neapolitan, I will I segregate that thing, <laughs> you know, and just whoop, whoop off the sides, you know, and I I just get myself a little. Uh, I'll tell you what, if, right if I go middle. to the if, if tomorrow morning, if you want to go with me, we'll go to the place near work and see if they have the Falcon Pop. We'll get a we'll get the other the pralines and the Eleven's Heaven. You could try them both. And, uh, I'm down. Actually, they'll give us spoonfuls of it for free, so we don't have to pay for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's now you're talking. Now you're speaking my language. Yeah. <laughs> free ice cream, please. I want that fucking Baskin Robbins. I I want that pop more than anything, just for the sticker that says Baskin Robbins exclusive. It's the most. <laughs> it's very strange. Fucking so random. Ridiculous thing in the planet, and I want it. Who would have thought a couple of years ago that just, hey, we're going to make these weird, goofy-looking, big, black-eyed plastic figurines that sit there and do nothing? Who would have thought that Baskin Robbins would have would be a destination? And that they're going to get one. Yeah. And this this show. Remember you telling me about this show at work? Like three quarters of my pops are all up in the kids' room now anyway. They're all her toys. That's so. true. But, but, but remember, the only ones I have left are my ones that carry guns. Squeezer, I remember vividly the conversation where you told me about Stranger Things. Oh, that's right. And yeah, you didn't even think you'd be into it. I didn't. I was afraid like, of it. Uh, I don't know. I, at the time, we weren't doing the podcast. Um, you were. Was it really before that? Yeah, it was way before that. I, I didn't realize that you were a bigger scaredy cat than me. And you're like. Oh, monster pussy. It, it was. It was. Hold on. Stranger. That's a different kind of thing. Things season one. So Stranger Things season one came out July fifteenth, two thousand sixteen. All right, so it was like four months before the podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you were like, "Are you gonna watch it?" I'm like, ah, "I don't know. I don't like horror. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't even see the thing." You're like, "Oh, watch the trailer." So I watched the trailer. I, didn't, I watched it, and then the night of the fifteenth, we were working baseball, and I went home and watched it. And I, the trailer blew me away, and I got like half the season. And you were so pissed because you didn't get to watch any of it yet. Yeah, you were you were behind me the whole time. You're like, did you watch it? Do you watch it? I'm like, I'm watching like two a night. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and like, I didn't even know it existed till you told me about it. 
and I finished the season before you even got a chance to watch like the first episode. And you're like, yeah, I'm going to fucking watch it. Get off my ass. Um, and it, you know, it was, it's a, clearly it was a cultural phenomenon. It's, it's huge. Like, like I'm not looking forward to anything this summer more than, than stranger things three. Yeah. I, I have, uh, we're setting up the tent outside with the TV and nice. Uh, we're gonna camp outside and watch it. I I, I can't fucking wait. It's gonna be so much fun. We're making an event out of it, you know. Uh, no, that's what you got to do. Yeah, have fun with it. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. Like you know, not to uh, change subjects to our subject, but I was doing the math in my head, and by the time Ghostbusters comes out next summer, uh, she's gonna be four. Oh, she's gonna be the perfect age for it. And she's and I'm thinking I'm like, well, she's four. Is that too young? And I go, no, that's the exact age I was when I went all in on Ghostbusters. Yeah. When I just was all like, it was like I said, my first true love. So I'm really looking forward to that. Like, you know, start planting the seeds now. Get her to watch some of the older ones. Shit, I might even watch. Let her watch some uh, Slimer in the real Ghostbusters. We'll get oh, to that later. Man. All right, should we start? Uh, without further ado, uh, we're talking about... I know we just spent the last 40 minutes talking about anything but Ghostbusters. Well, we did talk about no, Ghostbusters. No, no, it's great. This what? is the first time we actually started the show on topic and then straight into the weeds immediately. Yeah, but it's funny. I think you could you could relate almost everything we talked about back to the Ghostbusters. Well, I think so. Jeff I think Dan- this whole show exists because of the Ghostbusters. Jeff Daniels was in Dumb and Dumber, which is directed by the Farley Brothers, who directed uh, Kingpin, which starred Bill Murray, who is Pink Thickman, Ghostbusters, uh, Stranger Things 2. The kids dress up as Ghostbusters. All right, we're, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Seger. I'm sure he's done a song that starred that had Bill Murray performed in it's it's i don't even look up the lyrics to hollywood nights oh god i'm so excited i i snapped you i'm like get your muscle cars out and let's go rob los santos uh all right um should we start with my first pick oh let's begin here we go i couldn't help it it just popped in there what what just popped in there? I, I, I tried to think. Look! No! It can't be. What is it? It can't be. What did you do, Ray? Oh, shit. It's the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. So, Squeezer. I'm talking Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Uh, you can't walk into my office and not see my love for Stay Puffed. There's about, I think, 23 Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man in my office via pins, figures, dolls, uh, everything in between. I'm a big fan of the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. Uh, he was a cornerstone of the script uh, from day one. It was always in the script. And uh, the look came from Dan Aykroyd's friend, John DeVakis. DeVakis, I think I'm saying it right. He was the uh, 
artist who did the accompaniment for the uh, pitch, the concepts for the pitch. He told him, I want a brand symbol like the Michelin man and the Pillsbury Doughboy, but he's the Stay Puft Marshmallow man. And he came back and made him a sailor. And Dan Aykroyd absolutely loved it with the sailor hat and everything. And the rest was history. That's a brilliant move. I know. It was great. Uh, so the crew, crew choose to shoot Stay Puffed at an overcranked rate of 72 frames per second, which would make his human performed motions look slow and like gargantuan, like Godzilla played back at normal speed. So they overcranked the camera to make him seem slower. Uh, it was like a person in a suit, and they they shot it on a miniature stage. Mm-hmm. Um, they did like the the animated double bounce walk, like an old Mickey Mouse era animation. Uh, the general genuflect of each step. You know how he kind of walks down the street. Mm-hmm. So um, they were doing it at full speed, and it looked silly and silly and silly. And then they decided, like, oh, if we overcrank the camera and uh, break it down to like a, like a slow speed. It's kind of like, he's like slowly walking and it makes sense for the big character. If you like look on like the notes of the movie, like they were down to the wire on everything. And you're going to hear about this. It was mm-hmm. Ivan Reitman saying like last minute, okay, we need this. We need that. The sh- the, it goes to print tomorrow. We need these effect shots. This slugs in here. You need to cover this. You know what I mean? It was a lot of that. Yeah. And they were, they were like, breaking it to him it's like look i have an in a comedy you can do pickup shots like all day but mm-hmm. this is an effect movie with an effect movie you, with this like you're basically it's edited beforehand so this is what i found funny a problem uh was the uncomfortable wrinkling effect occurring between stay puff's legs when we viewed it in the screening room the soft foam was compressing in the crotch area the effect supervisor john berg says uh, he demanded we make a fiberglass shell to hold everything rigid, and they suggested a layer of semi-rigid foam and gave him a day to demonstrate the solution. The second test was a home run, so that's basically what it was. Yeah, this was John Berg's like baby. Um, so, oh, also speaking of, before I forgot, I wanted to do this in the prelude. I was wrong. I said last week that. Um, Phil Hartman did, uh, what's his name from, from Futurama? Oh, Zap Brannigan? Zap Brannigan. And, uh, someone pointed out to me on Twitter that it was always meant to be, but it never was, it was always Billy West because, uh, Phil Hartman died before Futurama came out. Uh, but it was always... when you said it too, I'm like, are you sure? And I looked up and I swore I read something where he did like the initial couple runs. I read, then... yeah, I, th- I thought I read it too, but it could have been Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah, don't always trust Wikipedia. I'm re- I'm getting all my information now out of a published book. So oh, because they've never lied. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. So Bill Bryan sculpted Stay Puff and performed the Marshmallow Man's movements from inside. He was the Marshmallow Man from from tip to tail. They they had like to ramp up staffing. Uh, he used the foam material and we, it carved it with an electric knife, and he made the entire costume. But the thing just like kept growing and growing and growing. And eventually, they needed fourteen to fifteen people working on it just to get the the suit made. They rented a different space that they were working in 
just for the crew because it took so much room to make this fucking Stay Puft costume. Because you just can't make one. you got to make multiple. You could only, the latex rubber head could only move so much. So they had to make one with like the mouth open, another one that was happy, another one that was pissed off, another one who was on fire. They had to make the multiple cost like heads and everything for those different, different uh, states. Uh, and they really did want to like a Godzilla feel. So then they obviously show him in front of the full building to show the scale. And then, uh, of course, the fight was always um, how big mar- the marshmallows should be. Everyone said Godzilla, but Ivan didn't w- want that. Um, there was two camps, one arguing for 100, the other arguing for 125 feet. Uh, Ivan Reitman chose to split the difference, going 112 feet tall. So, uh, I'm sorry, 112 and a half feet tall. That is officially how tall the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is. 112 and a half feet tall. Uh, I said 113. Oh, really? I, I lose. If you go by... Uh, Price is Right rules. Price is Right rules, I lose. One of my first toys I got was the Stay Puft toy from Kenner. The, the Wave 1 Stay Puft? Wave 1 Stay Puft. Then I had yeah, the doll with the glow-in-the-dark eyes... I was in, I carried that thing everywhere. He was like my undertaker in wrestling matches before I got my first like wrestling <laughs> buddy. Uh, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I loved him and he was a bad guy. You know, he was a villain in the movie. Right. Yeah. That's why he had um, to be the villain. Um, and the 112 and a half foot height mean all the cars had to be one eighteenth scale. So, uh, they found, Police cars at Toys R Us that were the right size. <laughs> so the the purchaser called every Toys R Us in Southern California and bought them all. They wound up with like fifty or sixty, and then they painted them um, as fire chief cars and taxis, the different police cars. But they bought them all from Toys R Us's in Southern California. Oh shit! Yeah, you can't do that now. Um, I did spoilers. This is coming up because I am gonna go all in on the practical effects a little down the road. Mm-hmm. But this makes sense to mention it now. Um, the scene in which one of those cars actually hits a fire hydrant. Mm-hmm. Uh, that fire hydrant, because they said that water doesn't scale. Mm-hmm. That's actually sand that's shooting out of that, like pressurized sand. Uh, another thing, because they were shooting it overcranked, they had to make the lights on the police cars flash really fast so they'd look normal oh that's a very good point yeah team of off-screen operators there was cables that off operated the the face so that when it would look around there are four puppeteers on a cart who were pulled along a rope like like a mine cart and there were monitors so they could see what the camera saw and uh they'd move the mouth and the eyes as the stay puff would walk and destroy the church that's awesome yeah, yeah. I I know now, and again, this is why I I wanted to go in on this later. But I know now it would be more cost effective and you know less timely to just CGI it all. It wouldn't look as good though. There's a there's a a sense of charisma that comes through the screen, you know. Yeah. Mhm. So when Stay Puff puts his foot through the church and uh, begins to scale the building. Uh, the Ghostbusters are firing their guns, roasting him, like, let's roast him. And um, in the first quick shot of the blast, you see Stay Puff isn't wearing his tie. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, like the the little red one? Yeah. Underneath, like the underneath bib is still the bib. Yeah, the bib is still there. So effect- I, I just assume that would be something like always there. Effect artist uh, Joe Viscasil, uh was adding flash bulbs and sparks generators to the bib uh, when he tried to attach the tie, oh. and they didn't want to lean on it or mess it up. Uh, so by the time like they started shooting, no one realized that he wasn't wearing the tie. Um, cause and it, that just costs way too much time, energy, and money. The right, because you're you're working with pyro and shit. Yeah, so you're thinking, ah, maybe the pyro will hide it. Uh, yes, the the Stay Puff flaming sh- uh, costume incorporated an outer layer, an outer layer of flammable Scott foam, and an inner, inner layer of fireproof pyrothane to shield the stuntman wearing a protective Nomax suit. And their own breathing air supply. Wait, they still had to put someone in there when they set them on fire? Oh, yeah, you gotta. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so the Joe Viscasil made a hedgehog-like array of tiny mortars on the front of the suit. And each one held a morsel of stratonium, which burns red. When the pyrotechnics were activated, he just stood waiting for his cue... And then he, it just burned up, like, really cool. Stratonium. Let me, uh, S-T-R-O-N-T-I-U-M. I missed it. I'll move on. I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to look this stuff up. I'm going to get myself in trouble anyway. Um, yeah, they... I got busted for bottle rockets. Um, so, yeah, they did. they did a lot of cool shots. Uh, to, to burn the face, they uh, uh, pointed the mar- face of the marshmallow head at the ceiling, and they hit it with flamethrower blasts from above. Awesome. And uh, the gravity, obviously. See, this is, this is why you wanted to make movies as a kid. You, you right. wanted to do shit like this. Right, yeah. Blast the fucking Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with flamethrowers. So yeah, there was uh, that is how they did the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and that is from book research that is highlighted notes that is true from the mouths of the filmmakers. We went in and did thorough research on this movie for you. That was our whole plan, right, Squeeze? Oh, absolutely. We are gonna go deeper and and more thorough on this one. Uh, I tell you about my sweatshirt I had. All right, here's your first pick, Mr. Squeezer. You can't park that here. Everybody can relax, I found the car. Need some suspension work and shocks and uh, brakes, brake pads, lining, steering box, transmission, rear end. How much? Only 4,800. Maybe new rings, also mufflers, a little wiring. Just a little one. That's one of my favorite lines from the movie. I know, all the stuff needed for the um, so I, I wanted to get into why this is just, you know, an iconic vehicle. And then the, just for me, the importance of it being of the toy itself, Kenner's Ecto one, uh, was, it was my first vehicle. Mm-hmm. It was my first toy car. 
It was well. I mean, first toy car. I'm sure I had like some Matchbox car or something. I, but I had some Motu shit. It wasn't my first. Uh, he man had a car. He had a, a robot horse. Uh, <laughs> Skeletor had some cars, some vehicles. All right, fair enough. Um, but but this thing, I mean, to have. The, the physical car, and I mean, they really did a great job. I got to give Kenner credit as far as like recreating what what was possible. I mean, you're not expecting the exact full scale, full working doors. Like, you got to make it. I guess here's where it, it bothers me. They have to add a few things to make it a toy. Mm-hmm. Where I don't want a toy. I want Ecto One. Mm-hmm. So they they put on like the. Uh, uh, the gun seat and uh, like the ghost blasters on top, um, and then there was the 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 ghost claw uh, in the back, which you could capture a ghost, and then as you drove, the axle, the rear axle, would wind up the string and pull the ghost into the back of the car, and you close the door and you'd catch the ghost that way. But you know me and how literal I am in recreating my my play activities based on the franchise that I might be inspired by. Oh yeah, you probably hated the. the oh, fact. I immediately took it apart. First thing I did was get a scissors and cut that damn thing off. Um, and then and then the seat on the roof, uh, that immediately came off, and I would put that. What was cool though is you could put that; it would pop off easily. Which was a smart move. And there was a place you could put it inside the car. And there was a little slot so it could slide in and out. Mm-hmm. And it worked perfectly when you open up the door and it would slide in and out. And now that was your uh, um, proton pack storage rack a la Ghostbusters 2. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was just like that because I I had to make it as legit as possible. Um, This thing took a beating and it held up uh, as a kid because I would just this thing drove everywhere. And it was and those those poor doors on the Ghostbuster firehouse were not designed to take this kind of slamming through because, I mean, this car would go bursting out of there to go to ghost calls. Um, The problem was it being a yellow plastic of its day. This thing did yellow. Mm-hmm. And you you find a lot of yellowed ones out there. Um, what I did find interesting, and look looking at the uh, the box art on it, uh, look at the box art for the Ecto One, and it's strange. Ray's missing out of all the Ghostbusters. Really, Ray is nowhere to be seen on that. Let's see. And poor Winston uh, usually gets yeah. the short end of the stick. No, he's driving. Yeah. And he's he's yeah, but they they profile them by having him had it hold his his neutral wand out <laughs> the window there. Yeah, I, I hmm. What is what I is Egon I doing? I I was just gonna ask her why. What's Egon trying to climb up the? Hmm. You could even see in the windows and see that Ray isn't there. Yeah. Um, but don't worry, they did catch a ghost with that um, ghost claw that I uh, cut off. To be fair, um, they used that thing in the cartoon. Uh, 
It was on Act oh. One, the cartoon. It it didn't fly with me. It did not fly with me at all. I was not happy with that. Uh, and it, it was great because it would drive my family crazy because I would make the siren sounds and stuff too as it was oh, driving yeah. around. Oh, and you, as a kid, you have no concept of volume. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're just screaming it. I, what I love about this at, at our office, is, we have no no human, no grown man has concept of volume. No, and it's a good point. Yeah. Uh, what I love about the box art is the under the Ecto One vehicle. Uh, it has an as seen in the real Ghostbusters TV show. Oh yeah, duh. That's why you buy that's, it. That's yeah, but that's just awesome. It, and it really, if you look at it, it's pretty damn close to the old uh, uh, '59 Chrysler. Yeah, they kept it. You know, that that Futura ambulance model. Like they they did a really good job of recreating. Uh, Magic, recreating it to spec, and it, and then you got your got your decals, you got your decal sheet, which you would completely screw up trying to put on. Yeah, um, that's what I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, glad I'll, you I'll, said I'll, that because I couldn't. I fucking hated decal sheets. I never got them right. I mean, I kind of liked them, but when it came to like my models, like I, I there were some. I, I mean, you weren't a big GI Joe fan. Um, so for this, there is, I, I, there were like six stickers on this, including the big blue back windshield sticker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, GI, some GI Joe uh, vehicles were, or play sets were just brutal when it came to stickers. It, it was, it was like seriously like a legit, like level two model kit kind of putting together. Um, but I, I absolutely adore this vehicle it was my first it, it it was still probably my best and it lasted me the longest i wish <sighs> again it sucks you have that time in your life you, we weren't thinking back then you know late 90s early 2000s i'm in high school you just purge everything everything sucks mm-hmm. i got my black t-shirt on you know <laughs> i know Fucking ah, yeah. God! And it it served me well, and uh, it did not deserve the fate. I'm sure it like ended up in a yard sale, and I got fifty cents for it, and I probably blew it on something stupid. Yeah, Mama when, Squeezer probably put that towards, uh, I guess, future campaigns. Yeah, yeah, she's a political operative now. Um, Such a sweet woman. Uh, but yeah, I I, I love I, I loved my Ecto one. And uh, it was just a, I, in my opinion, the the greatest of all uh, playset vehicles um, that I've ever come across. And uh, who am I again? A handsome sweet squeezer. Oh, you're supposed to say spoiled squeezer. Oh yeah, you're a spoiled little shit. Yeah. yeah. So I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you do know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm mistaken. You cut the ghost claw. Did you leave yeah. the the blaster seat? Uh, the blaster seat I would take off and put. It, you could pop it off. Yeah, it was removable because it can go inside and you can use it as a chair. But I wouldn't even use it as a chair. I would use it as a as like a proton pack uh, storage rack. 
Right, right. You said that. I'm just, I'm, I was thinking like uh, the blaster seat is what they used in real Ghostbusters. Um, so I apologize, but remember that poster that came with some figures that had like the drawing of all of them sticking out of it. I'll, I'll send it to you later, but I, I, okay. I, I, I can't find any artwork saying that they ever use this hook coming out of the back seat. Yeah, I think it was a gimmick. They're like, oh, we got to add some kind of function. I'm like, no, I don't need that. I'm good. It's why every kid, every kid, cut the, the Neutrona stream off their proton pad. Yep. Every kid. Yep. There's not a kid who didn't leave that My on. imagination worked just fine. Like, that thing ruined it. So. Yeah, you know, I didn't need to go back there and spin that little thing and go, zoo, zoo, zoo. No. Yeah, I went zoo 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 without spinning it. Yeah, it did in my yeah, it did in my head. Yeah. All right. Um, here's my next pick. Oh boy, a magic hole! Wonder what's in here. We are the McDonald's Happy Meal guys. Right, hamburger, fries, and soft drink, all regular size. Well, what do you know? It's the whole gang. <laughs> Ghostbuster. When you buy a McDonald's Happy Meal featuring real Ghostbusters, you can catch one of these Ghostbuster school supplies. They're all beautiful. And they all let you be a Ghostbuster. Real Ghostbuster school supplies only at McDonald's. So, in 1987, there was there was two Ghostbusters uh, Happy Meal toys. I'm going to 1991. They had a uh, real Ghostbusters bike accessories you might see around but i'm talking about the school supplies from 1987 there was a pencil case which was uh, okay this clear plastic case that said the real ghostbusters containment chamber there was a a uh, stay puff marshmallow man um pencil sharpener there was a real ghostbusters pencil with a ghost house and a slimer like on this like swiveling thing like was like a pencil topper there was a, a go, real Ghostbusters ruler, and there was a, a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man tablet with a no ghost sign eraser. And I had all, I mean, first of all, you're not going to have, I'm surprised Ghostbusters didn't have McDonald's time to begin with. But from what I've read, they're completely caught off guard. It wasn't until they basically made real Ghostbusters to finally find a way to deliver merch. Because after the movie came out, Ivan Reitman said everybody in town had a no ghost shirt on, but they're all counterfeit. The, the, no one sold a single one of them. They did not realize the merchandise fucking monster they were sitting on. It wasn't until they decided to make a cartoon that Columbia was finally like, all right, we'll get a toy line going. Because, um, when when a, a toy company has to tool up to make toys, so they can't just like pull it out of their ass. They have to make sure something's going to be viable. Mm -hmm. So they when they finally had this real Ghostbusters line with four uh, four figures that look nothing like their on screen counterparts because they didn't have the likeness <laughs> rights to the the actors. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, we got toys out of this, and it was the biggest toy line of the year, drawing $200 million in its first two years, the real Ghostbusters toy line. So yeah, they knew they had something big. And I would, I would argue, Squeezer, that the real mm -hmm. Ghostbusters had a bigger impact 
and and uh, and and made. I'm not trying to devalue the Ghostbusters movie whatsoever, but if it wasn't for the cartoon, I don't think the movie would be as popular as it is. Uh, I think you're right. I do because it it was an exposure thing, oh. and like you know, both you and I, uh, yeah, I came in. A little later, so I I can't tell you that I saw Ghostbusters first. I'm sure I was in on the cartoon first. I knew I saw the cartoon oh. first. Um, I was all in on the cartoon, and I remember my aunt saying, like like I said earlier, like, "Have you seen the movie?" It uh, it sold it. So uh, of course, like it's not a movie unless there's a McDonald's tie-in, especially in the '80s. So if, of course, mm-hmm. the cartoon gets the tie-in. They too. This tie is pretty huge. You might see this Stay Puff pencil sharpener around. Uh, it looks like off scale, like ridiculously. <laughs> uh, these toys are great. I would like to get this full set and display it somewhere in my office and my one of my curio cabinets I'm getting eventually. But, you know, good things come. Uh, I think what I would like to see with this new movie coming out is maybe Ecto Cooler coming back, but in different forms. I want to see like an Ecto Cooler. Like, like, sugar, come on, man. We can't have all this sugar. Give us some sugar-free shit. Give oh, us, like, a... That's sh- what ecto-cooler is. Yeah, but, I, I, like, we had the regular ecto-cooler come back. Now it's time to, like, do something different with it. Like, make an energy drink out of it. Make a Slurpee out of it. Make, like, a sugar-free version. Oh, like, I'm sold on the Slurpee thing. Yeah, give us a few different versions of it. You know what I mean? It's a Coca-Cola product. Give us some fucking... Variety of it, variety. Variety is only a joke in at our job. Variety, some mispronounced yeah. variety. Uh, variety. No, uh, actually, that would make the slippery thing very possible because aren't they in with Seven Eleven? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get the, sl- the Coke Slurpee. So what's stopping them? Yeah, uh, Ecto Cooler Slurpee, Ecto Cooler Energy. Imagine energy drink, Ecto Cooler. That'd be huge. Oh my God! All your money gone. Yeah. Right. Uh, and a sugar-free like version for fuck's sake, for us people who don't want to consume the sugar, because um, you no can... just just caustic chemicals. I would much rather. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I also this is why I want to see. I want to see a McDonald's sign. I want to see a fucking super size ecto containment unit fry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see some sort of ghost burger. I want to see like or like a ghost pepper sauce with chicken nuggets you know give me some fucking mcdonald's tie-in mcdonald's uh, and mcdonald's is the worst of the fast food tie chains but it's the one like it has to be oh, I wa- be nice i mean our, okay arby's is the worst <laughs> let's be real they're all delicious i mean uh, come on oh yeah i know look uh, at me you think i'm gonna disagree with you right but give us some like good McDonald's tie-ins, I, I and 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 some good shit that I can like chase. Give give us a Happy Meal so I could go through and commercials. Oh, I will be buying those Happy Meals. Yeah, every day of my life. Yes, yes, it's for my child. Uh, one ha- one Ghostbusters Four, Happy Meal, please. please. One of each toy. Right, you go through till you get them all. Uh, that's what I want to see from this new movie. I want to see more. I want to see McDonald's Happy Meals, and I want to see um, the promotion. Just you, you know how. Remember how all in I was on the the female reboot sixteen. I was I was like searching mm-hmm. targets and Toys R Us for the toys, 
And you're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This would be this would be the the spring before we started the podcast. And um like you become more aware of my psychosis now that I talk to you about it every week. But back then oh, you yeah. were, you were only semi aware of it. And when I told you I was like, Oh, is that tar I, I went to like three different targets last night looking for the, the Mattel figures. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the the Congo figures is what uh, really made me uh, start to worry. Yeah, well, I'm glad you still. I hope you still worry. Oh, I, I, uh, yeah, I worry. All right. Uh, speaking of things you should worry about, here's your next bit. What? Who? I, Vigo, the scourge of Carpathia. The sorrow of Moldavia command you. Oh, command me, Lord. On a mountain of skulls in the castle of pain, I sat on a throne of blood. What was will be, what is will be no more. Now is the season of evil. Evil? Find me a child that I might live. Great. I, I, I can't say this enough. Peter McNichol does not get enough credit for Janusz. No. Janusz Poha. No, Ma- no he, he's fantastic. And you, you were watching me cut it together and you just laughed. I was like, when I froze on that still of him. I know. Uh, and and uh, all of uh, Vigo's dialogue was ADR'd because the guy playing Vigo had no idea how to pronounce any of that stuff. So they just well, had... he was also a miserable son of a bitch. Yeah, he was just um, angry about the the hours of makeup and did not he he couldn't really speak English too well. And um, uh, yeah, uh, Wilhelm von Hamburg, uh, who uh, he played uh, was it James in Die Hard? He was one of the guys that gets blown up. Uh, he's firing one of the rockets at the uh, armored personnel carrier when uh, John tosses the C4 in the computer down the uh, elevator shaft and blows him up. Yeah, so so he, that that gives Peter McNichols' performance even better because he was working against not even the guy performing the final voice. Mm-hmm. And, who happened to be Max von Sydow. Oh, that was the guy who did the final voice? Yep, yeah. Um, and, 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 and he was fantastic. And that's some really good ADR work when you have a separate person voice over, um, this is, you know, someone else. Here's another thing I want in the movie. Please put Giannis in it. He deserves it. Right. Yeah. Find a way. Yeah. You gotta life. Life finds a way. Peter McNichols. Giannis has, has to be in the next Ghostbusters movie. He so was lovable. So fucking great in Ghostbusters 2. But also, the villain, Vigo, in my opinion, was fucking stellar. He was almost as good as Stay Puft. Not great, but I love Vigo. I'm a huge Vigo fan. Tell us about yeah. Vigo. Yeah, well, he's perfect. Cause he, and he had like context and some history to him. Like, like look, Gozer was great. Um. But Gozer just came off as like an entity, you know. It was just this 
spiritual well you really kinda... w- you really weren't sure who the fuck goes or was 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 it one of the dogs was it the refrigerator was it that flat top was it stay puff <laughs> like you didn't really know yeah well and well that's the thing gozer didn't really have like a, a form right uh per se and and if you go back in the original ghostbuster show we did shit over two years ago i actually went in and broke down like uh the history of uh like the idea of these demons and demigods and stuff in like actual history because they talk about like Sumeria and shit like that. And I want to do the same thing here with Vigo, like his inspiration. And he he's actually he's clearly based off of Vlad the Impaler. Um, so it's great. They took a historical context. They took a character who's already like reviled through history and is just awful and evil and add extra depth to him and make him a sorcerer that lived over a hundred years and um bring him into 1989 new york to uh repossess a child come back to life and impale the rest of the world for all you know wasn't he also Um, known as vigo the butch (laughs) well he was uh vigo uh scourge of carpathia uh, which uh, Carpathia, so there's no Carpathia per se. There's the Carpathia Mountains. It's a region in the Balkans. It's not really a proper country per se. But, you know, back then, who the hell knew what was going on, really? If you want to say you got a country and you're going to kill everyone around you, eh, I guess you got yourself a country. Uh, the Sorrow of Moldavia, which um, uh, Vladimir Paler did invade his neighbors in Romania and then, you know, put all of them to the stake. Uh, Vigo the Carpathian, Vigo the Cruel, Vigo the Torturer, Vigo the Despised, Vigo the Unholy. Um, these are all names that are more than fitting for a number of rulers back in that time period. Um, Maybe a little too late. So when you say 16th century, you're looking at 1500s, you're starting to get into the Renaissance, and shit's starting to wrap itself up. Uh, Vlad was dead by like 50 years was dead by like 50 years by the time right uh vigo would be born um but it didn't you, you I'm, I'm playing semantics here but i mean to, to take a character uh I, I didn't even think about it as a kid that like you add depth to this character just by basing him off of actual historical characters right it makes it scarier and more legit yeah uh it it really does give it some context and like just the that that picture on like uh the mountain of skulls and the castle of pain i sat on a throne of blood that that line is so visual it's it's such a great line of dialogue and it's like i love how i love how throwaway it is to the ghostbusters Hmm? I love how throwaway it is to the Ghostbusters. Yeah, yes. It's like, ah, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> and I think it's fitting to Vigo's end it is quite brutal. Another great line when uh, they talk about how he was uh, how he was killed. Uh, let's see Man if I can people. find the actual. Death is but a door. Time is but a window. That I quote. I'll be back. Uh, constantly. Um, I, I just absolutely... Uh, that's such a good line. Like, just the character... Him being, like, in a painting coming to life. Like, it, everything is so original, but yet deep. And, like, it just, 
it's such a great image and like and then you talk about how Janish is fantastic the juxtaposition of the two of them it, they make each other you yeah. know what I mean because he Vigo is such an evil pure there's nothing fun about Vigo nothing fun nothing and even when when Peter tries to like bounce stuff off of him like he doesn't bite and and you get Janish for that some some of the funniest stuff ever done in a movie is when he's doing his I Vigo the Carbathian, Scourge of Carbathia, Soul of Moldavia. He's like, Yes, yes, I know it. <laughs> he's like, Yes, Scourge, we hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally and, and like you're thinking a minion shouldn't be like like blowing him off like this and he's like, Command you. It's like, Oh, command me, Lord. Command me, Lord. Um Ah, they just they just work so well off each other, and then and then the Janish Venkman like like the three of them just work perfectly together. Oh yeah, and and uh, when when they talk about how uh, he he was murdered by his people, he was poisoned, shot, stabbed, hung, stretched, disemboweled, drawn, and quartered, and and then Bill Murray with just the perfect timing, just the ouch <laughs> at the end of that now to be fair most of that as far as being drawn and quartered you would be hung stretch and disemboweled all in the process being drawn and quartered obviously right i mean but it does sound better when you break it all out you know johnny where the hell are you from the upper west side <laughs> <laughs> uh i want to go back and watch the whole thing now we I I just watched it uh, a couple months ago because I'm a monster. I watch it all the time. It was actually on on TV not too long ago, and I I I'm on my short list. And, and I promise, because I've done half the research, I promise I'm coming back next time we do Ghostbusters, and I'm calling it now. The Scolari brothers are on my. Uh, I'm coming around. I got tons of research on the Scolari brothers. I'm, I'm doing them next. Really, uh, awesome. But uh, but um, yeah, Vigo you tried was... him for murder, gave him the chair. Tell me, why don't you tell me you don't believe in ghosts? <laughs> and you don't want us exposing ourselves. <laughs> and you know what? The brilliance of Ghostbusters mm -hmm. didn't get that as a kid. Nope. The uh, again, I I talk about this all the time. The best line in Ghostbusters two was a joke I didn't get until like five years ago. When um, Dana's at Peter's apartment, he's holding Oscar, and he's like, I really ought to put him down. He's like, may I? And she goes, sure. He goes, you're short, your belly button sticks out too far, and you're a terrible burden on your poor mother. He's putting <laughs> him down, like, like insulting him. Yes. I didn't get that until like five years ago. And no one else did either, because every time I point that out to someone, they're like, oh, that is such a brilliant joke. I never got that, man. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, I don't want to go so far as to say Ghostbusters is is, is a kids movie. It's no, a they, comedy. They specifically made Ghostbusters two to be more kid friendly. They weren't allowed to smoke. Yeah, it is more kid friendly, but it's still rather adult. You know, like all the humor is, is mature enough. They didn't well, go full. They they didn't go full salami nunchucks. That was what um, the eighties were about. Like. You couldn't, um, the 90s is what really ruined it. 
with yeah salami nunchucks. Yeah. But the eighties were about like space balls and uh uh knowing Bambi's mom was killed and um a fox and the hound and cold you know darkness and uh, the dark crystal and um labyrinth mm-hmm. and um the return to oz jesus christ yeah that was a little weird that should have been rated fucking r plus jeez just watch dune as a kid yeah. <laughs> uh, but at the same time like you, you watched it as a kid and if you didn't get it you moved on you laughed at the stuff that you got you were entertained because there was some action you're slightly traumatized but you know slightly traumatized but uh just some people's not being talked down to this is a theme that some... constantly pops in my head right. and in even and i'll get into this later too the cartoon like it i didn't feel even re-watching smart, yeah. the cartoon today very smart didn't feel like it talked down to me as a kid um yeah that's why that's why it was successful yeah uh, they and... didn't yeah they didn't vigo you would not put vigo in a in a movie now if you were going to market to the kids because he's too goddamn scary you want to put and Janos that's why I as loved that him as a kid. Creepy nanny stealing the kid. That was Janos. Oh, that scared the hell out of me. Oh, some of the funniest scenes from that movie too are are uh, Louis Tully and Janine making a how and like, you want to play Super Mario Brothers or Patrice? <laughs> he was a little fussy at first, but then we gave him some French bread pizza. Calmed right down. <laughs> great, great shit. It, for oh, those yeah. who. You know, there was people who said Ghost, Ghostbusters 2 ruined the childhood. The Ghostbusters 2 is a fucking fantastic movie. So. I don't I don't understand how you could... Look, no, nothing's going to compare to the first one. No. <coughs> Ghostbusters 2 stands on its own merit. It's got some great lines in it. And you, um, you know this third movie by Jason Reitman is going to be fucking great. I'm so excited. I haven't been this excited for a movie in quite some time. Yeah, probably. This, this is more than even Force Awakens excited. This is, yeah, this for, is something different. For me, yeah, this is the excitement. This is this is Phantom Menace excited. Not, no, not even for me. For me, this is like 1989 Ghostbusters 2 excited. Because for me, I saw fucking Spaceballs before Star Wars. Now, granted, I'm a big Star Wars fan now. I paid $500 for a jacket that replicated the jacket they wore from Empire Strikes Back. But as a kid... I was more into Ghostbusters than I was Star Wars. Times a thousand. Mm-hmm. So. Um, one thing I want them to get right on the movie is a good score. And uh, I'm going to be talking about, for my next pick, the score from the original movie. So this is Elmer Bernstein's score, uh, which I have. You can get it now on vinyl if you collect vinyl. Go on Amazon. Uh, I have it pre-ordered. It's, it comes out next month. It's fucking sick. This score is amazing. I think this score helps make the movie, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. the filmmakers agree. So it's done by Elmer Bernstein. He composed uh, Ten Commandments and uh, Magnif- Magnificent Seven. 
Seven, I can't speak. So, I mean, he's no slum composer. He did great movies. And he didn't even fuck with comedy till he met uh, Ivan Reitman, and they collaborated on Animal, Animal House, uh, uh, Stripes, Heavy Metal, and Space Hunter. And uh, he signed him up for Ghostbusters. So, uh, when they were collaborating on Ghostbusters... Elmer didn't want to like do a comedy score. He wanted to like do like a spooky score that like like enhanced the comedy that didn't make the comedy. Like it wasn't slapstick. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, he they didn't have much time at all. Like like you learn that there there was like no time. So uh, like Elmer said, he didn't want to do a lot of whack whack. Uh, that will tell you that your uh, joke just happened. Uh, he just wanted to play underneath the comedy. And so I, I read a lot about this on like uh, the studio they recorded in his website. And I found that they used some special instrument that I'm trying to look where the name was. Mm. I'll get there. But uh, so... Um, this this song that's playing right now is called the Ghostbusters theme, and they thought it was gonna be the original theme, and then like Ivan hired uh, uh, Huey Lewis in the news to do the Ghostbusters theme. I'm sorry, I'm kidding. He hired Ray Parker Jr., <laughs> who ripped off Huey Lewis in the news to do the Ghostbusters theme. Uh, so. The, the animated playful tune um, called the Ghostbusters theme. Uh, other scores, the Danis theme, which is on the soundtrack. And then they got this, yeah, you know the theremin from Star Wars? You know the woo uh, that you play with your hands over the your theremin, all the nerds play it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so they found this theremin, like, um, uh, Called the O N D E S Andes Martino. It was like uh, so on this book. It didn't really say what it was, but on the website for the the uh, um, studio they recorded at, it said it was like like the keyboard version of the theremin. The theremin was like that, you know, from Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And uh, they used this French instrument from the Jazz Age to uh, uh, produce oscillations that contributed to the otherworldly atmosphere pieces. So the ghost sounds are all made from this like theremin thing, which makes sense because they use theremin on, on Star Trek. So, so it was like, was it like the electrical uh, field in the body that this thing works with? That was the theremin. This was like a keyboard that like almost a thin... Replicates it. Yeah, replicates it. From what I read, and I, I, I you just didn't... get a saw. Yeah, I know. Um, so, Elmer's son Peter, he worked with his father for ten years. By the time Ghostbusters came out, and him and David Spear were the two orchestrators on the film, and it was like Elmer would sit down and like compose sketches, and like be like, "Okay, this is like the roadmap to what we need to do because we got to do this quick," <clears throat> and then he'd like. Uh, pass them on to Peter who would like take them to the 
composer and be like, all right, this is what we need to do. Let's sit down with the orchestra and get this done. Uh, That's what... Sorry, that's what blows my mind. Like when I look at like the behind the scenes stuff and how a movie's made. Like I watched a whole bunch of it for the special effects. Right. I understand all of that. And I like even if I can't physically do it or maybe I don't have the particular imagination to come up with a pro- the solve that particular problem. Right. The image creation for you and I is easy. This part and, is And the, and the problem solving. When when I see them do it, I go, "Oh, that's a brilliant idea." I cannot wrap my head around how someone can sit down and create a score like this. Yeah, I know. So, of course, they use that like weird instrument, the Martineau, and um, but they they used a rather new invention for the time to create that full sound of the score. Uh, there was this new synthesizer on the market, the Yamaha DX7. Uh, the first commercially available expensive synth and they were imported to the US from Japan and they were horribly like small numbers and super popular. They're really hard to get. Uh, uh, luckily, uh, Elmer Bernstein happened to be friends with the main Yamaha instrument importer in Los Angeles. So Peter, his son, just showed up at the back door and carted one of those things out of there. And... The very first note on the Ghostbusters score, that doing, 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 you know, when the, the torch on the Columbia light is lit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a factory program DX7 sound, and it might be the first DX7 sound ever used on a film score. No shit. So it was just basically he's like, I, like, this, you know, it's pre-programmed. Like, he just... Yep. Drop that in the movie. Uh huh. That's awesome. And that's that early. That and that's like one of the most memorable. I could probably find it and play it here. Uh, oh yeah, it's iconic. It's uh, you hear that and you're like, oh great, Ghostbusters is coming on. Uh, let me see what I got here. I'm gonna try and pull up the movie. I think I own it. On uh, um. That's one of those things that I take for granted when I, I I know people work hard at it, but when I hear it, like it just I hear it, like it, it's like the score does its job for me. Like it's one of those few things I can enjoy where I don't try to overanalyze it because I just can't grasp it. No, I, I get what you're saying. All right, Ghostbusters. <clears throat> Let me see when uh, I gotta get a movie here. So that first twitch is the the dwell, ready? That's a DX7. And then it goes into theremin instrument. Oh, so this is the theremin? After that, like it wasn't a th- it was a huh. theremin like that that weird French. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. And then, like, we see, like, the library and, and the, the birds flapping. That score's so great, isn't it? Yeah. And and one of my favorite, the, the 35th anniversary Funko Pops is as the library ghost. I can't wait to get my fucking hands on that thing. 
I want that so bad. Um, okay, so we talked about the DX7, and um, so here's a good story. They're operating on the compressed schedule with the unfinished visual effect shots of undetermined length that presented a major challenge for Bernstein. Uh, the way my his his father would work would uh, they'd be recording sessions sev space several days uh, where they discuss the changes. Uh, this they didn't get the opportunity. They'd basically have to um, uh, shoot the film and then send it to to Elmer and he'd score it. But there was one time um, where he didn't have a choice. Uh, the film was being mixed down the hall. And a, uh, a, a, a rushed effect shot wasn't done yet. So they put a slug in, which is when they just put a blank piece of film cut into the reel that they're, they're working off of. So uh, the associate producer went to Elmer and said, hey, the, there's a slug in this queue where the special effects would be. And Elmer was like, well, is the slug the right length? And the producer said, I don't know. And he fucking flipped the fuck out. <laughs> great story I just had to and I would too I mean how the fuck do you score something where you don't even know if it's the right length so uh, <clears throat> of course um, you know Ivan put in a lot of pop music cues in the movie and uh, it's known for that but mm -hmm. I don't think the movie would be what it is without that awesome Elmer no. Bernstein score. So I want to no. give it a little. I want to give a little bit of uh, props on the show. Uh, and uh, I can't wait to hear this story. Here we go. Squeezer's next pick. Oh, oh, well, oh. just this is a random clip. Oh, okay. Yeah. According to legend, little folk know. Funny. Uh, it, oh, it's funny. I have a uh, candle downstairs that smells like a Hills uh, snack bar. <laughs> Seriously? Mm -hmm. That sounds delicious. It smells like a cherry slushy, popcorn, and hot dogs. That's awesome. So, so we've we've talked about Hills before in this show. Um, it was more Pittsburgh, up, yeah. And um, Williamsport. Williamsport. Sorry, I got my yeah. Rambo figure. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I'm really talking about is my, my Ghostbusters 2 sweatshirt that I had, um, that I love so dearly, but I, I found this commercial in the process and it's so creepy because that voice you hear that sounds like a little girl. Hills is, is where the toys are. Uh, it, it's really disturbing. So look, look for like the Hills Ghostbusters commercial and it just, it doesn't match up and it just makes you uncomfortable to watch, but it's a great little spot. That's why I wanted to play it. Uh, not much on this, but I just I wanted to share. I had a beloved uh, sweatshirt. Uh, it was just a... Uh, would, would you say crew neck, I guess? Yeah, just crew neck. Uh, dark blue sweatshirt. 
Well, you know what? I'll send you uh, what's left of it, picture of it, with uh, the Ghostbusters 2 uh, right. logo. Is that not going through? What the hell? Let me try this again. There we go. Uh, you can see, this is my original uh, a pick from my original shirt, uh, and it's slowly, like so faded away that like the spacing in between like the threads you could see right through it oh, where it's wow. like chipped away. Yeah. Yeah. That's because it was so stretched out because I wore this thing until the day it was bursting. I could not wear it anymore. As you should. Uh, it was so tight. But it was one of those things where did you ever have like a shirt or a sweatshirt, a blanket? It just had a feel to it that nothing else could match. I still do, yeah. Yeah. Th this was my one. And I still, like, I have those weird, f not even fun, just I can physically put myself in a place, recall the conversation I had with my mom when I was, like, five years old, uh, six years old, wearing this sweatshirt. It's very strange. Hmm. And just because there was so many, like, I, maybe physical, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, synapses, like, th there's a lot of input. Okay. There's a lot of data coming in just because of this damn sweatshirt. Um, and it, it was the coziest thing in the world, and I wore this thing everywhere. Um, and it's the, it's the Ghostbusters, all it is, it's just a simple black sweatshirt with the Ghostbusters 2 logo where he's given the 2 or the peace sign, if you wish. Um, it, it was both, I think. Yeah. I, I, I like to think that it's the 2 for promotion purposes, but in my mind, canically, it doesn't make sense for them. Why would they put 2? They don't know they're in a sequel. So it was, in my mind, it was like... Ray just thinking, hey, the ghost should be making a peace sign now. Yeah, we're back. We're back. Hey, peace. You know, kind of thing. That's that's how I always looked at it. Um, and it got me thinking, too, like how great it's going to be. All the merch that's going to come out with this new one. You know, it's like it's already happening. Um, you know, they're re-releasing uh, the video game. I can, I can finally get rid of my PS3. I, yeah. I kept my PS3. That's the only just, reason you have it is for that. Yeah, just for that video game, and uh, now I can finally get rid of it. It looks gorgeous. Did you see it? The trailer? Oh fuck yeah! I can't wait. Yeah. I've only played no, looks... through the first level. I would like. You know what? I should just. I, you know what? I'm most excited for to go on Twitch and watch someone play from tip to tail the game. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't want to play it myself. I'll play it myself. I just want to watch someone play it with all the cutthroughs. So like now that it's coming back out and like Twitch is something I can wa I can finally watch someone playing Ghostbusters from tip to tail. Uh, so I don't have to. Uh, yeah, but I'm really excited for for the merchant. I I think that's gonna be my goal is I gotta track down an old school just plain old black navy blue sweatshirt with a Ghostbuster logo on. Oh, is it gonna be a three one now? Oh fuck yeah. Is Gotta it gonna be gonna, but what kind of three? Are, are we gonna go? Uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards. Uh, what carving it into your forehead? No, no, the three. Is he gonna give the English three or the German? Oh, I don't. Is he gonna get everyone in the bar killed? Remember that scene? No. So the the. 
you can hold up three fingers one way. You can you can. Uh, oh yeah, now I, re I remember exactly. You can go index yeah. finger to thumb or pinky finger uh, to thumb, and that's uh. how they you know. Um, but uh, cute personal little story here. So uh, Mama Squeezer uh, for uh, my for my wedding day, she made me a little quilt, and she had somehow she kept a bunch of my old stuff. Right. And she made one of those like little quilts. She's a small adorable. One. Your and, mother. Yeah, I know. It's and all this time, I had no idea it still existed. She had kept that sweatshirt all those years. Probably, I hadn't seen the sweatshirt in over twenty-five years. Well, of course she did, because you're like yeah. the cutest thing yeah. on the planet. So. I know. And she kept that, and she put it into a quilt, like my little baby blanket that I would drag around, like Linus. Oh. Uh, chunk my Boy Scout uniform with some of my patches. Aww. For some reason, the the shirt that like that graduation shirt from high school that everyone signs. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, and an Alf shirt. Uh, and then the best part about it was, uh, the back. That was the front side, and the back is just one big solid piece. Yeah. You get that one. <laughs> I don't. What's the one solid piece? I just sent it to you. Oh. Oh shit! The bed sheets. I had these. Yep. It's the the original, like the comforter. Yeah, with the um, the 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 pillowcases glue in the dark. Gl glue glowed in the dark. Yeah, yeah. This was this was the actual comforter <laughs> back of it of those those old school Ghostbuster bed sheets that I like to think everyone had. Yeah, I definitely um, had, and I wore the shit out of them. So it was it was this image on the sheets, but I didn't have the comforter. But the bed, the pillowcases had the no ghost sign, and they glow they were glowing in the dark. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so yeah, that, uh, that whole on my wedding day, she hands me basically a Ghostbuster quilt. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. So. Nice work, Mama Squeezer. Yeah. Even though you didn't let off. your son watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. All right. To me, we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. I blame myself. So do I. Well, no sense worrying about it now. Why worry? Each of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Yep. Let's get ready. Switch me on. So, I want to talk about the gear the boys use. The proton packs and all the accoutrement. Um, they really put a lot into uh, making the gear and, like, science. Because Dan Aykroyd was not just uh, the writer of the film. He was also big into um, the paranormal tracking and capture of, of how you'd say ghosts. Uh, so... As a kid, everyone wanted a real proton pack. We settled with a blue plastic version. It was good enough. We, we were given something. <laughs> it was better than having nothing. A lot of the movies, you get nothing for. You didn't have a uh, one of those like uh, body robots from Aliens to play with as a kid. What are those? Uh, exosuit. Exosuit, yeah. Exoskeleton, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the whole premise... Uh, I made one out of Pipeworks, though. I, oh God, I, I know you did. 
So uh, they really wanted to get through, like, this was dirty work. They were exterminators, and they didn't, every, nothing wanted to look clean. It was, it was like jumpsuits and dirty work. Um, and the, the line with each one of us is wearing an unlicensed nuclear accelerator on his back. Um, he's not exaggerating. Uh, each proton pack is a portable cyclotron capable of releasing a stream of directed protons to a neutrino wand. Uh, the scientific firepower is sufficient to counter the negatively charged ectoplasmic energy of a phantom, specter, or spook. <laughs> so that's science, people. Uh, the trap itself is a great uh, little piece of, of material. Uh, it's a metal box uh, marked with the yellow and black costume stripes. When open, it draws an immobilized ghost into it, the depths of a satisfying vacuum suck, allowing the Ghostbusters to transport the captive back to the firehouse headquarters and transfer into the main holding tank. Each ghost trap has rolling wheels, obviously get it rolled out, and cable connects to a foot-operated activation pedal. The blinking light on the upper surface indicates a successful capture. Uh, I had the, the toy one when you were a kid where it was like an air pump. When you stepped mm -hmm. on it, it, it opened up. Uh, the ecto goggles were so cool. Ray stance uh, is peering through the lenses of ecto goggles. Um, if he's not, they're pushed up on the for on his forehead. Uh, the allows the aware to detect anomalies and the psychokinetic energy field, and attract non-visible traces of ghostly movement. Uh, the ecto goggles in the film are modified versions of the U.S. Army's ANPVS-5A night vision goggles which were introduced in 1972 and still widespread when the movie was made. And then the Wait, P really N night vision goggles are that old. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the PKE meter. It was originally supposed to be like a, a metal detector with a little TV on it. That's what the original, and it was called the G.E.E.V meter, the psycho Gaiga electron voltmeter, which will later in the second movie, the Gaiga meter. So the PKE meter, the distinctive PKE meter is named after the psychokinetic energies it de is designed to measure. So it's a psychokinetic energy meter. Uh, oh, the, that works. The strength of the PKE reading is a good indicator of the intensity of a haunting, and the antennas on either side of the device rise and fall in sync with the surrounding energy levels. The PKE meter prop was built using an Iona SP-1 handheld shoe polisher as its base. <laughs> Lights and advanced-looking electronics help mask the device's humble origins. That's how, that's how you do it. Like, uh, the communicator in Episode 1 of Star Wars was a woman's razor. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't tell you how many times I've had to do that. And that was my favorite thing to do. When you take something ordinary and make something crazy out of it yeah yeah that was that was a lot of fun yeah. and i would still even do that as a kid and even not too long ago I'd just mess around i find something and i just kind of tool with it until it looks something like like something else and use your imagination it made you appreciate practical effects right oh absolutely and yeah oh yeah it's those little short and when you say shortcuts it's not a negative no because it, it usually takes more work and imagination to to do that to pull it off than to like you know fabricate something from scratch you, you know and now it's now I want to say it's easy uh, 
But like you know, someone like with a 3D printer, you can come up with you know a design and just create it, and you're done. Um, you know, it's you still, still have to artist come up with create it, yeah. and paint it. Yeah, okay, yeah. But there's a different kind of creativity where you take something else that already exists and to, you know, right. flip it. Uh, well, speaking of, here's your next pick. Is that the scene where Dana, the arms come out of the chair and she gets pulled into the... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the terror dogs are in the chair. As a kid, that was oddly erotic to me. Yeah, see, I found it absolutely terrifying. I don't know, the whole... And then Dana Barrett in the in the red dress. I don't know why. I didn't know at the time why, but... You know. the, you had funny feelings that you Funny feelings, yeah. yeah. Sigourney Weaver, definite babe. Yeah, and that was my first... Uh, Probably first exposure to yoga pants, I would guess. Yeah, I think I think that that is the world might be the world's first exposure. Um, and that was like a leotard scene, though. That was huge yeah, in the eighties. Yeah, that was the thing. Um, what was cool about this, and I again, I don't want to shit over you know all the uh, digital effects of the day because they're awesome. Some are, some yeah. Some are, but and like some like you just drain you like. In the new movie, I think that's what... That's what kind of took me for a swing. Yeah. Right, where I'm like, that that just... That uncanny valley-ish... And you know, if, if... You know, it's ghosts. That's one thing you can get away with. If it was like a person, it's something else. But there was just something... They didn't feel like you could touch them. You know? Yeah, right. Whereas like here, like, this was a physical... They were physically armed. There were grips... Yeah, special the effects dogs. technicians wearing yeah. gloves, reaching out and you know, grabbing her, and then sliding through in the door, warping. It was a rubber door. Yeah, they like they created this imagery with just smoke, literally smoke, and and light. Yeah, and and to create that tension, um, it's just an an awesome scene. And uh, there our, were digital effects in this movie. The oh, proton streams abs- were all painted in. They were, they were di- painted in, but they they were created. Oh. Visually, like they were created yeah, practically, yeah. yes. They were explosions and fire yeah. and light that they then combined uh, to make, uh, uh, you know, the streams. And they had just light bulbs on, on the wands yeah, so that they would when know they would when to trigger them. Trigger, yeah. um, and then the, one of the cool things, and there's so many li- little, like, it's the rigging and the application and the, um, the eggs cooking on the counter. Yeah. Uh, you, you can, if you look closely, you can tell where which tiles are set up to be heated, heated yeah. and which ones aren't, like right. where the marshmallows are, they're, so they don't melt. Yeah, and um, uh, the way they did the eggs, did you, did you know that? Yeah. They blew air through the bottom of them? Yeah, so like they would score the eggs just right, like, so they were just perfect. And then, yeah, they would just, and then that would pop the eggs, and then the eggs would land on the counter, and then they would cook, which is pretty awesome. And it was the same kind of technique that they used in the, in the library. 
uh, in the in the in the stacks down below. Yeah, they just had air cans cans uh, pointing out, and it it worked perfectly. Yeah, and then they just have to collect all the cards That's, and stack them back in there. Yeah, there's a funny thing I I read when they were like. Uh, it was all done in practical effects. There was no CGI, and there was no CGI in picking up the cards. If you think about that, you have to go through and pick up every single one of those things, mm-hmm. restack them, and that's the kind of stuff that, that takes the longest time. Still takes less time and saves more money than to process and the a bo- shot And like the books that. going between the shelves were just rigged. They were, they were on like a, a fishing line, and they would move them back and forth mm-hmm. between the shelves. Yeah. Uh, and I guess when the one bookshelf fell over, that was an accident. That was an accident. Right? Yeah. yeah, and they just kept it in, yeah. which is um, pretty awesome. The levitating thing when Dana's on the bed, yeah, she's and, in a rubber and suit, yeah, and they have an arm. And if you watch one of those, like uh, when what was the hell the name of it? That Fox special, the magicians, yeah, re- secrets revealed or whatever like yeah. that. And they show you like the levitating. It's a fork. They for that they it was a forklift behind a curtain, and the camera's positioned just right where you don't see the arm, mm-hmm. and it just raises them up and i guess there was a mechanism just that they could kind of roll her kind of like uh that's how she did the twist yeah she was in a rubber she body in a, cast in a rubber body cast yeah. and then there was like a band like yeah. on a little track that they could kind of just roll her with okay um and you know and it was on the track so it would just roll and that's how they got yeah. that effect as well um yeah it was just so many like the cool little things like we talked earlier like the stay puff marshmallow man stuff and uh, there's a cool picture I saw online uh, of him, like an overhead shot of the street below. Yeah, I have. I'm gonna post that. all these. I have tons of stuff that aren't even online that I'm gonna put online that I took from a book. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it was just just the work that went into that, and like the artistry uh, of Slimer and and the slime. It was. Uh, do you know what it was? It was methyl cellulose. Yes. Which is basically an Everything. Basically, it's an all your Chinese food, all your KY jelly. Yeah, it's a thickening. Yeah, yeah, it's just, the, yeah, and that was, that was the And And um, Slimer was a woman performing on a blue screen. Black. Yeah. No, she had black tights on, but she performed in front of a blue screen. Was it a blue screen? Because I saw them also shooting against black as uh, well. The picture, I'll show you okay. the picture I have. It's her, and it's like a full life-size costume. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to create like him moving because it was a matte background and... Rather than have Slimer move, they truck the camera to Slimer mm-hmm. uh, to create that him that look of him like. And coming you can kind of see that because it's he's really not. Yeah, moving. he's just moving yeah, left but to that's right. That's a good way to do a ghost. Um, and same thing, like when he's circling. What was cool when he was circling the chandelier, they built a track and just locked the camera off and had him spinning around on that track. Uh, and that's how they did a. A similar thing there. Yeah, Slimer was a big foam uh, green guy. Um, green woman. Green woman. Uh, um, and one last little thing, what was cool about this was, uh, and this is kind of relevant to how we do a lot of stuff today. Right. Um, you know, all those effect shots, and especially the stop motion stuff, was shot on 65 millimeter. Oh, so it was overshot so and then it sized down. That way they can knock it down. It's similar like a good to resolution. Like, yeah, similar to like how... You know, you You'll see shoot in some, 4K, and then 4K today, but your drop it down and it's like to yeah. 720 or 1080, and you get a lot. You don't lose. Or um, 8K. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're not quite there yet. Yeah, but some we do shoot are. a lot of 4 We shot a whole. Yeah, you shoot 4K, and then you can blow it up. Yeah. And you could you could punch in, as they call it in the yes. industry. Yeah. Punch in on it. But, yeah, it's what makes me love Ghostbusters and what makes me really look forward to uh, 
Ghostbusters three. I hope so, and I it? hope I hope he goes full practical effect on it. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, here is my last pick. We interrupt with a Ghostbuster bulletin. Paranormal activity has been sighted in Detroit. Ghostbusters are going live to the scene. So, uh, that is a commercial for Kenner's Real Ghostbusters, but I am talking about, I believe it was released in 2009. The 30th anniversary, I don't know the exact date. I have them all. The Maddie collectible, adult collectible, Mego doll style. The Real Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's what it says on the on the box, adult collectible. So they're like the Mego doll style. Now, they released the four originals, uh, Ghostbusters, in their clothes that they wear in the Real Ghostbusters. And they look pretty, pretty damn good. Mm -hmm. Then uh, they released a two-pack of Janine and her Ghostbusters outfit and Sam Hain. And Sam Hain only had one other action figure with the Extreme Ghostbusters line. Mm -hmm. um, and he was only ever in the intro. He was never on the show, Sam Hain. Really? Yeah, he was never in the show, uh, Extreme Ghostbusters, but he was in the intro. Oh, in the, in, okay, in the real, in uh, Extreme Ghostbusters. Right, Extreme yeah. Ghostbusters. He, he was in the yeah, real I'm Ghostbusters. Like, yeah, I was confused first. Uh, but they Those never, uh, uh, Kenner never made ghosts from the cartoon. They made, Slimer, Green Ghost, and they made Stay Puff. But then they went off and made their own things. They never made anything from that the cartoon. Really strange. The cartoon yeah. would then incorporate some things into that Kenner made, mm -hmm. but they didn't really do. They never did Sam Hain uh, proper. But uh, so I had the Sam Hain. I probably still have it somewhere. The Extreme Ghostbuster Sam Hain. But then I had to just because of the Sam Hain in the Janine gift set. I want. I just wanted that, and then I found a guy selling his entire collection plus. The two Vakeman um, Chase variants, the San Diego Comic Cons. You're a monster. I, I have them all. I have every action figure made in that line. That's a really cool line. They are pretty. And I, I think what I read was someone they weren't doing any merch with Ghostbusters, and then someone at Sony was like, "Well, what the fuck? Why aren't we doing any merch? It, this is so popular." Yeah. So they started doing stuff, and then the the action figures, uh, uh, NECA got the the rights to it, but they couldn't. When they originally got the rights in 05, they didn't have the likeness rights of any of the actors, so they could only make the Terror Dogs and Stay Puff and Slimer. Uh, but uh, Why couldn't they just base them off the real Ghostbusters, or is that a different license? That's a different. That's. A, I mean, you got to license that too. Okay. Uh, but then they wound up getting. It all comes from Sony Columbia. They wound up getting that. Um, all the likeness rights. Uh, Diamond Select has the the likeness rights, and they do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Funko obviously has the lightning strides. Mm -hmm. Mattel has the figure rights. Mattel's t put out tons of cool figures, action figures Are over there. Are you looking forward to the next spring? I lineup? cannot wait for all the stuff. There's so much stuff coming out this month alone. The new Funkos, the 10 inch Stay Puff, the um, Transformers uh, Ghostbusters car. Uh, the, there's going to be boxes. They're re releasing the video game. Yeah. Uh, on PS4, I could finally get rid of my PS3. I was keeping my PS3 just because I wanted to play through this Ghostbusters game at one point in my life. I probably never will. Hmm. I'll get the PS4 one. I'll stay in the cellophane, but at least I can get rid of my PS3. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's, I just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Next summer, 
2020, yeah. there's going to be so much stuff. We talked about what I want them to do with Ecto Cooler. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want all. I want a fucking Happy Meal. I want a supersized meal. Oh. I want take. I, I gotta lose weight now because I'm gonna be putting it back on next. I, I want them to re-release Ghostbusters cereal. Sony, bring me on board. If you want to fucking make a fortune, bring me on board for marketing. I have experience in. Well, no, they don't have. They're already gonna make a fortune just off of you. Yeah, off of me. But I can make them. This, I, basically, I want to make the stuff you, I want. But I know everybody else wants it. Yeah, just give me all of it. Give me two of everything that I make. You don't even have to pay me. Oh, well, you do have to pay me because hard work requires pay. He's just going to use the money you give him to buy more stuff. Buy more you know? stuff. Uh, but yeah, that is my last pick. Uh, that leaves one more for you, right? Yeah. Zooming. Oh. You know, when you're not drinking and it's the middle of the day and you pick up after I fell asleep. Oh, are we going to re- discuss that? Address um, that? Last, we were, the re- reason this sounds different is we're in person right now at, a, at our uh, portable rig, our, the, the bat vehicle rig. And um, last night while Squeezer was doing his personal effects, he started off, I said my line, and then I nodded off. And that's no affront to you, Squeezer. It was I, almost three in the morning. It was. We, I had a few beers. I've done it myself. I was a tired boy. And you're like, I think post, yeah, you're like RK uh, buddy, and I'm like, oh yeah, did you fall asleep? I was like, yes, yes. So I'm gonna find that clip, and if it sounds good, I'll put it after the the music. Yeah, you can hang in there, and if you want to listen to me, the awkward silence of me realizing that he fell asleep. Yeah, if you want to hang in there after the music, I will put it on there. Um, so yeah, that's why uh, we did almost what two and a half hours last night, something like something that. like that, and then I fell asleep and couldn't make it anymore, so we had to finish. Here in person, and uh, uh, we sound pretty good. Do I hope so? Yeah. All right, let's go more often. on to Squeezer's last pick. We all, uh, we love Slimer. We do. We love Slimer. We love Slimer. As I, a kid, I love Slimer. Yeah, as a kid, you love Slimer. But did you want Slimer to have his own spinoff? I, I, I try to remember. I remember these cartoons on NBC, right? Well, it was, it, Ghostbuster became, yeah, and you and you, Slimer. Um, Ghostbusters became an hour-long block. Because for the first three seasons, it was the real Ghostbusters. Because they couldn't be the Ghostbusters because of goddamn Gorilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then starting in season four, they're like, hey, let's make this a kid's show. Because I guess it already wasn't. Uh, and so they made it Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. And you had your real Ghostbusters episode. And then the second part would be uh, short of Slimer. Um and they made tw- 33 of these shorts, and uh, it was, here's the thing, it was not produced by Deke, oddly enough. Those were r- done by Wang Film Productions. 
which was outsourced. Well, it's all outsourced, but uh, it was, uh, I believe, a Taiwanese company. Uh, and when you're watching it, it, the animation just looks <laughs> completely different. And yeah. you look at it, and the, the, the animation is different, the writing's different, and it feels almost like you're watching like an episode of a pup named Scooby-Doo. I like the pup named Scooby Doo. I do, but it's not. And I no, I love pup named Scooby Doo. I I love Animaniacs. I love Tiny Toons Adventures. Right. Um, and which were also produced by Wang Film. Here's the reason why it might look like a pup named Scooby Doo, and that's because Wang Film produced a pup named Scooby. Ah, uh, okay. They got their start. They were one of the first major outsourcing houses for Hanna-Barbera. Ah, gotcha. They did Bobby's World. They, oh. I mean, they did a lot of great Yeah, work. that makes sense how that, that yeah. the similarity, so if I see that. you look at that, that yeah. animation and the style of the show, it's just as a kid, and this goes back to when I was talking earlier about how it treated you like an adult. Right. I felt like the real Ghostbusters, even though it was a kid's cartoon, there was, the humor in it was... Right, and it was legit scary. They, yeah. They, and they did actual science in some of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it felt and like history. it was a mature show. Sure. And the, the animation was a little more crisp and, and true to life. Right. Uh, without that, um, the over-the-top stylized yeah. animation. Um, and at the same time, the, the show didn't... This, uh, the real Ghostbusters didn't suffer in any way. Not no. I don't, and I don't, don't want to shit on Slimer and Tate. It's just, it felt different. Right. And as a kid, even then, I'm like, ah, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. Um, like Slimer had a, um, a foe. He had a Professor Dweeb, which was another scientist that hated the Ghostbusters, and he had Elizabeth. He was a little, a little dog. Right. And you know they would go after Slimer and they had gadgets and gizmos, mm-hmm. and it was a little more slapsticky and silly um, compared to. It could be paired up with, which was like one of my favorite episodes of all time. And I was actually going to even, you know, go into this when you were talking about merch uh, and figures. And like Sam Hain didn't get one. Um, season four, uh, the flip side, mm-hmm. uh, which is when they go to Boo York. Right. And there's the People Busters. Mm-hmm. How cool would those have been as figures? Yeah, absolutely. Very that, cool. That would be awesome to have yeah. where the Ghostbuster, it's, you know, the flip side. You're really, it's literally like it's the upside down. Uh, you're in yeah. a, a ghost version Where's of New York Where's Baskin City? Robbins exclusive upside down uh, Boo York ice cream? Um, Boo York berry. So yeah, you you had like a really like a dark, scary episode where the Ghostbusters were being hunted by the People Busters. That's something I went back to with the new movie. Back in the '80s for Ghostbusters 2, uh, I think it was Hardee's released the Slimer Sunday. It was a mm-hmm. vanilla soft serve with green bubblegum flavored syrup on it and a Ghostbusters theme. Uh, I think bowl. I want that back. I don't I'm, care I'm, who brings it back. I'm looking at you, Dairy Queen. Yeah, Dairy Queen. I want, I want a Slimer Blizzard, a Stay Puff. Bl- oh, a Stay Puff. Stay Puff Blizzard. Blizzard. I want it I all. Want all Blizzard, the fucking but, junk food. Uh, Jurassic. Uh, Jurassic, Jurassic World. Jurassic yeah. Chomp. Jurassic. Yeah. Well, what was it? Jurassic Crunch. Jurassic Crunch. Jurassic. The blizzard that they had. Yeah, they had, they had yeah, one. It was cookie dough and peanut butter cups, and yeah. it was the most amazing thing in the world. I never had so it. So if you just come up with the exact same thing and just slap a Ghostbuster name on it, I'd... Have, it, but they gotta, there's got to be a cup or something that, that signifies Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, absolutely not. I don't okay. want just the junk food. That's why I was last night. I was like, oh, okay, this is okay, but I want more. I got the magnets. I got the stickers, but I wanted like more to signify their Stranger Things, mm-hmm. like a special bowl. But now it's just Baskin yeah. Robbins. Yeah, I'm. That's that's the thing. I'm so excited for the merch possibilities. I'm excited for, like, how you know Jurassic Park. You know we how we talked about that. How 
they made Jurassic Park feel real. Right. Like how it took over everything. And it was yeah. like Jurassic Park was a place. I'm looking forward to next summer. Whereas I New want York's going to be a real place? New York's going to be a real place. But that they, they, they treat it in a way similar to that, where the Ghostbusters are a real thing and we're living in this world where it's like a... Not it's not movie merch, it's Ghostbuster merch. Yeah. Sweet. Um all right, we talked uh, we covered a lot. And I think this is the song we gotta go out on. Because we haven't really played it yet. That's except right, the man. Slimer version. Yeah. Um so what do we coming back next? So here's the here's the thing, kids. We're not we're not gonna lie to you, we're not gonna pre- pretend you don't know. Squeezer's wife is about to pop out squeeze at number two. You're gonna or be squeezer, squeezer into squeeze month. We don't know if it's a Squeeze at or squeeze our number two. Yeah. And uh, she she's due in two weeks, right? But she Something could, like that. It could be any it day. It could now. be any day. Uh, so we're gonna we might have to shift around our schedule so we can't tell you exactly. We're gonna we're not gonna miss a show, but we can't tell you exactly what's gonna be next week. Uh, but we're definitely gonna have shows. And yeah, we uh, try to pre record some stuff and have it ready. Yeah, so check Rad Years. If you don't hear us rambling about like current topics for forty minutes, you might be happy. Uh, <laughs> so that means that we had to pre-record because Squeezer, Squeeze at and the Squeezer Chipmunks are. I got. I'm gonna. You I gotta come up with a clan name. Yeah, I'm gonna um, requisition requisition some artwork too. <laughs> uh, so is it, is it gonna be like a Renaissance painting with us around a baby? At, oh, uh, that would be sick. Yeah. As long as uh, Dan Aykroyd's also in the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so yeah we won't miss a show uh, in the meantime if you have anything to email us if you want to email Squeezer Will Wishes uh, Squeezer oh, no. at RadYears.com I'm RK at RadYears.com visit us on RadYears.com to get the t-shirts coming next month enamel pin set of me and Squeezer uh, oh, also since we we talked about this earlier in the show which was like 12 hours ago and now yeah. Babylon 5 got one more like <laughs> Uh, also, I bought about a thousand Radier stickers, so I'll be stuffing those in every order. Tons of them in every order. Plus, we got some more stuff coming. Uh, check us out, Radiers.com, and listen to us. Rate and review us on wherever you listen to it, because that's the best way for people to find us. If you like us, and it's free to do oh, it. Oh, yeah, on the podcast app now. Not on iTunes anymore, I guess. I don't know Eventually. even what to call it. On Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy Ghostbusters Day, and we'll see you next time. One zero zero one one zero. Then I just start getting lost. Did I lose you? Ryan. No. Did, Did you fall asleep? Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, we could start again tomorrow. How long was I out for? 
uh, a while. I was I was rambling on for quite some time because you weren't giving me anything. <laughs> oh man, I fell asleep. <laughs>